0: Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your buddy, and your host, Paladino Joey? It is Wednesday, January the 11th, 2012. This is episode number 53 of Brave the Wild, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is great to have you on board with me once again as mentioned before available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. Well, here we go <laughs> Here we go folks. Boy <laughs> episode number 51. yeah, episode number 51 the Minnesota Wild are the the best team in the in the NHL <laughs> Oh come on man. Funny stuff, huh? Funny, funny stuff. Very, very funny stuff. No, not really. Really not funny at all. Not funny at all. I mean, the Wild are so close right now to being out of the playoffs, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to jinx the team, (laughs) Well, so you can't really blame me. I just put a podcast up that said best team in the NHL. But then again, maybe you can blame me. Did I knock on wood when I said it? I don't remember. So for that, I deeply, deeply apologize. And here are the Wilds sitting right now. Yes, our Minnesota Wild at the 7th seed with 50 points, a 22-15 and 15 record, only one point ahead of the 8th seeded LA Kings and three points ahead of the ninth seeded Dallas Stars. Oh, it's getting a little frustrating, ladies and gentlemen. It's getting just a little bit, just a little bit frustrating, and very, very sad. I mean, it's, I'm just, I'm depressed. (laughs) Honestly, I'm depressed as a wild fan. December the 13th is when I released that show, and here we are. Here we are, about a month later. Going through a, a, something similar to previous years under Todd Richards and even Jacques Lemaire a little bit, but more under Todd Richards. Team looked encouraging, here we go, rock and roll, and the flood and just absolutely zip. I mean everything just went completely down the toilet. And I mean completely down the toilet. And that's exactly what's happening once again this year. It's deja vu, ladies and gentlemen. Deja vu. Is Mike Yo a better coach than Todd Richards? I still believe he is. But the result is starting to look awfully familiar around here, and that—that that is quite a shame. Quite a shame. Uh, the team plays better under Mike Yo, but the wins and losses—it's—it's it's just like, yeah, you know, they're like people are like, well, this probably isn't a playoff team, maybe a fringe playoff team coming into the season, seventh, eighth, ninth seed. Well, yeah, we're in the seventh, eighth, and ninth seed right now, and you figure, oh, it's all relative, but no, when a team starts off a season as strong as they were and sustained greatness as long as they did you gotta hope they could at least try to rack up a 4th or 5th seed and be a pretty tough dangerous team into the postseason but no (laughs) right now if if I'm a betting man the Minnesota Wild do not I repeat do not make the playoffs in 2012 (laughs) oh my god And that's exactly where I stand at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's getting to that point. It's getting absolutely to that point now where how the hell am I going to say this team is going to make the postseason? How? How can I say the Minnesota Wild are going to make the postseason? There's no way they're going to make the postseason the way they're playing. Even if they kind of, sort of, get some respectability back, (laughs) are are they going to actually play at a better clip than Dallas and and Los Angeles and teams like that? I can't guarantee that. Nobody can guarantee that. Koivu can't. Mike Yo can't. Nobody can. Nobody can, folks. And that's where we stand here as fans of the Minnesota Wild, our hockey club, as Jacques Lemaire would have liked to said, to say, I'm just, uh, I'm stunned, disappointed, and irritated. It's like, here we go again, folks. Here we go again. But the good news is you still have all those prospects coming in. I mean, virtually none of the prospects were even here yet. The Michael Grandlands, the the, the 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 Josh Zuckers, the Zach Phillipses, and, and the Dan Coyles. Yeah, we're still waiting for those guys. But it's like, or Charlie Coyle, not Dan Coyle. I don't know who the heck I'm talking about. Charlie Coyle, all San Jose Sharks and such, and draft, and, and wild draft picks all crammed into... us here. Matt Hackett still uh, hasn't really gotten major playing time yet at the NHL level. uh, We have not acquired Zach Parise yet, though a lot of people would like to anoint him the next uh, franchise player for the Minnesota Wild (laughs) to go along with Granlin and Koivu as kind of the big three. Um, But (laughs) I know all that stuff hasn't happened yet, so it's like why rush things? Why try to go for the goal? I mean, why try... Why try to believe that this team is ready to go for the glory when they don't? They're not equipped yet. But it's like you know, sustained. That that sustained, extremely good hockey. You know, that's like almost half the season the Wild had played at that point by episode number fifty-one. So to expect the team to continue to play at least good, not great, but good, at least keep a good record going, isn't that much to ask? I mean, to go what uh, what what are they? Eleven. Uh, they've won eleven out of thirteen. And that's including last night's shootout, folks. Yeah. They're the 50th point, the Wild got. That's after last night's shootout victory over the vaunted San Jose Sharks. Yeah, the Wild finally beat somebody. And it's funny. It's like, Joey, you better get behind the microphone because every time... <laughs> you better get behind the microphone more often because it's usually after a Minnesota Wild win. Yeah, the last time the Wild won, I was behind the microphone. They had just beaten the Edmonton Oilers in an emotional battle. on uh, December the 29th, and then the classic, oh, the classic, (laughs) New Year's Eve loss every year, okay, yeah, New Year's Eve game, but it's always a loss, the Wild played at home against the Phoenix Coyotes in a very uh, uninspired effort, I mean, I got to think, that game, you you know, that game started the new losing streak right away, because it's just like, well, we turned the corner, we beat Edmonton, and bam, you lose to a mediocre team at home, Mediocre Phoenix Coyotes team at home. Well coached, but a mediocre team. Very mediocre. A disappointing game. Minnesota losing 4-2, to as they seem to always do on New Year's Eve every year. They have the classic New Year's Eve game, and they always seem to lose it. And it's like, basically, the whole, here we go again. And, yes, it was a here we go again. <laughs> yes, it was. So, a crappy way to end the December. A great way to start it, but there's a lot more red than there's green in December. Which, obviously, is losses. Yeah. So here we come to 2012. Oh, high hopes. And by the way, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, we're going to talk about the recent games and everything. But we're also going to talk about the, uh, we're going to talk about what happened to Pierre Marc Bouchard. We're going to get into Pierre Marc Bouchard and our, and our usual uh, Arrows, uh, Houston Arrows checkup like I like to do every show. Just because that's just how I roll. I mean, I like to keep up with the minor league team and to talk about, um, mostly about how the prospects are doing. Though this right now, at least for the time being, I can almost skip that because it's like well, there aren't many, many prospects on the arrows outside of Matt Hackett and Cody Almond that really matter to the future of the Wild. Even Cody Almond doesn't really matter that much. But next year it's going to get exciting because i got to think there's going to be some major prospects in there. But, yeah, of course the show will be in two segments like it usually is. You get to hear that wonderful uh, break music, which I absolutely love, which sounds eerily similar to the introduction music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to the point, back to where we were, back to game reviews. Minnesota Wild head to Vancouver, British Columbia, January the 4th. Let's get things off on a good start here. You know, we got to Luongo nicely earlier in the year. Yeah, we got to Luongo nicely earlier in the year. Let's go out there and show these SOBs who's who's the best team in this division, or at least who should be a major threat to... uh, the uh Vancouver Canucks let's beat these let's beat these rivals of ours they're still our rivals until we uh yeah until the realignment happens and when that happens I'll get to that also in the next segment, probably right before I get to Bouchard. so yep, that's another topic of course today got to get to in the notebook as we like to call it, but no, the wild do not start two thousand or twenty twelve whatever you want to call it on a good start at all. in fact, yeah. Roberto Luongo officially celebrated his 700th game with a shout-out against the Minnesota Wild. A heartless effort by the Wild, I think. I mean, yeah, Luongo's good. And, oh, I'm sure they tried so hard. They're just such hard... hard. Yeah, they're just such heartfelt players out there. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. They put up 28 shots against the guy. It's not like it was that dangerous. 28 shots against the guy. <sighs> it's just another one of those deals. I mean, the guys like Danny Heatley. it's kind of like, where are you? You know, where are you? Where's Danny Heatley? Where's Danny Heatley when you need him, right? It's just, it's, it's heartbreaking to see this kind of stuff happen. <sighs> Wild fans just continue to suffer watching this crap. It's not, there's nothing... Right now, about the Wild, that's telling anybody that this team is ready to turn the corner and get back into the playoff hunt. There's nothing right now that's going to tell me that this team is going to, is ready to make the postseason. In fact, we might be 12th or 13th seed by the time this is all said and done. We'll be right back the heck where we were before. And doesn't that just suck? Doesn't that just suck? Oh, come on! Seriously? <laughs> like- yeah, it- you're just kind of left at at a loss here. I mean, you're you're left at a loss, and that's just kind of the way things are going here. It's nothing but a loss. You know, that's basically how I feel right now with this club. So the Wild continue to play on the road. They had to Calgary, Alberta. This was just last Saturday, the seventh. The Wild have sucked all year against Calgary. Well, Roberto little Roberto had a little cute little milestone against the Minnesota Wild. 700th game, gets a shout-out. Oh, so, well, we're at, since we're in the season for giving, you know, yeah, Christmas is long over already, but since we're in the season for giving, and by the way, Wild fans, I hope you had a nice, happy New Year. Yeah. Yeah, happy New Year, Wild fans. It's real happy. Mm. But anyhow, okay, sorry for being a ball humbug about it. Hope your actual year in your real life is having a good time. Your hockey fandom is not feeling very happy right now, but, um, yeah, since we were in the season for giving still... Giving Luongo a nice uh, shutout for a 700th game. Well, shoot, let's just give uh, Jerome McGinley his 500th career goal. The Wild were very willing to oblige in this game in a 3 1 loss to the vaunted, well, not vaunted, the even worse Calgary Flames, who were only a 500 team. Calgary still hasn't traded Jerome McGinley, which is kind of amazing. Ole Jokinen, amazingly, has 21 assists this year. That kind of surprises me. Uh, not a fun game for the Wild, really, at all. In fact, it was a 3 nothing game. It was actually a really boring game. The first two periods were pretty much just, <laughs> yeah, were goose eggs. The first two periods are goose eggs. It's like, well, at least we're in it, but yeah, we're probably not going to win just because that's what kind of season it's been. That's the kind of season it's been. It's like, whatever, you know, why even have really confidence right now in the way things are going? How can you honestly have confidence in the team right now with the way things are going? And the Flames opened the floodgates early. Two minutes into the period, Lance Booma. I don't even know who that is, getting his first goal of the year. Maybe some of you guys out there do. Then Jerome McGinley getting his 500th goal. And Curtis Glenn cross his 17th goal of the year on the power play. Wild giving up a power play goal there, of course. As mentioned, uh, 36 shots and goal. Nicky Backstrom actually, <laughs> yeah, I mean, still managed to keep his save percentage over about 90, almost 92% in the game. Think about that. Because he got peppered. 36 shots on goal by the Calgary Flames. The Wild could muster 28, which isn't that bad, but not great. Certainly made Kipper Soft look better than he is. Devin Setaguchi finally returned. Ooh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. How exciting that is. Yeah, Devin Setaguchi finally returned. And he got an assist on Danny Heatley's goal as did Miko Kwebu, there's your number one line, but, yeah, there's your number one line, Danny Healy only 13 goals on the year yeah, it's it's sad, you know, it's like he was taken with Gabrick you know, only he was taken one pick ahead of Gabrick believe it or not, to the Atlanta Flames or Flames, excuse me <laughs> yeah, the Atlanta Flames, which did exist long ago in a galaxy far away um, in an NHL far away, we'll say, but uh Yeah, the Atlanta Thrashers took him number two overall. Wild got Marion (laughs) Gaborick as Doug Riesbrough said it, but yeah, Marion Gaborek, when they pronounce it more correct later on. Uh, And it's like, it's sad to see this. Like, it's like, is the guy really aging that much that all of a sudden his his goal-scoring capabilities have, like, dropped about 66% from, like, where, they're, where, where they were in the, in the not-too-distant past, while Marine Gabrick is still scoring goals as if he's, like, still an up-and-comer in this league. It's like, come on, man, what the hell? What the hell? It's like, there's just no energy on this team. No energy. There's no energy at all. Koiwu's having a very, very good season, and he probably deserves to make the All-Star team, but again, he's not a franchise player. No, he's not. <laughs> he had a nice run for a while, but it's not like he's, like, ruling the league with 33 points in 39 games. He lay with 29 in 43 games. It's just, yikes. You know, it's scary to see guy, a guy like, you know, Matt Collins, your third leading scorer with only 24 points halfway through the season. It just, it tells you something like, why we really aren't a good team, are we? We're not as good as, certainly not as good as our record would have indicated. <laughs> not really, huh? It's amazing that Jared Spurgeon is back playing despite that scary-looking injury. Um, we're lucky in that category, at least, in that in that deal. <laughs> it actually is quite amazing when you think about that. Jared Spurgeon is is playing again right away, almost, after that scary deal. We'll get to Pierre-Marc Bouchard soon, yeah, unfortunately. Guillaume Latendresse has not returned. He's still out, like he's been out all year, like he was out all year last year. Mart Andres played 16 games so far this year. Last year he, uh, he played 6 games, so at least he gained by 10. So maybe by the time he's about 40, he'll get to about 60 games in his in, his, in a season. Forget the sarcasm, but it's like, you, can you understand why I'm a little frustrated here? Because I think you guys are probably feeling the same frustration. I mean, I'm feeling the frustration, you know, from a fan's point of view here. You guys out there know what it feels like. Doggone it. I mean, you wanted to win. You wanted to see this team back in the Western Conference Finals. Or, or something. I mean, God knows what. At least the second round, maybe get out of the first round, because the Wild haven't done that in a long, awful long time. Made the playoffs a few times a few years back, and really didn't <laughs> muster much much resistance against the, uh, uh bah bah, what are they called, the Anaheim Ducks, and then looked like they were going to beat Colorado, and then all of a sudden everything just disappeared off the face of the earth, because Jose Theodore suddenly actually looked like a competent goalie (laughs) again at the time being, and then only got destroyed in the next round by Detroit, but it's just like, yeah, if we make the playoffs, we'll just get destroyed anyway, and and, and that sucks, it sucks seeing things that way from that point of view, but it's like, it's looking like that it is, and uh, hey, there's plenty of season left things can change and turn around, but right now, I don't know it's like this. This same crap has happened way too many times. Calgary game was not very fun. The San Jose game was fun. The Wild had the two games rest, so unlike the NBA, there's still a little bit of break time for per uh, teams in the NHL. NBA there ain't much break time because of that lockout uh, shortened season. They got to cram 66 games in a couple of months. That's a lot of lot of work. Last night's game though, extremely entertaining in the XL Energy Center. Extremely a five to four, while well, really. 4-4 four four in regulation, and then they count it as a fifth goal with the shootout victory. I don't know why they even bother doing that, but I guess they kind of have to do it that way. But uh, the Wild finally end that, the recent snide, which was a very long one. <laughs> Another long one, but uh, it, it, it just it felt good. It felt good to kick some butt. It sure did. I mean, it's a, it was only a three-game losing streak, but yeah, when you lose like, what, eight nine, eight or nine before that, it was like eight before that it's a little frustrating, you know, <laughs> it is, it's like, come on, can we not do better than this, seriously, but uh, yep, the team that the Wild traded with, you know, traded Brent Burns too, and traded, uh, the, oh yeah, that guy, Martin Havlat too, oh, that guy, eh. the Wild had a very entertaining game against the San Jose Wild, the Minnesota Sharks and the San Jose Wild, <laughs> after all those trades. Uh, Brad Burns returned to Minneapolis, or excuse me, St. Paul. Got an assist in the game. Got it like that, kind of. Uh, Martin Havlat. Oh, you gotta really love this. He didn't even play in the game. What a surprise! <laughs> yeah, Martin Havlat. Don't miss him. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. <laughs> That's all I gotta say to Martin Havlat. Even though Danny Healy isn't showing much reason to get too excited. At least he got an assist, which is more productive than what Martin Havelet did last night. Uh, Casey Wellman back with the Minnesota Wild and managed to get two assists. Very cool. Casey Mount Wellman, who is a California native, so he might know a thing or two about those San Jose sharks. Great game for him. David McIntyre, who's one of those uh, mainstays down there in, uh, in Houston. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. yeah, he's been in Houston. He had 15 points in 16 in 26 games. I'm just bringing that up. But yeah, David McIntyre, who's still actually a pretty young guy. He's younger than I thought. I kind of saw him as this career minor leaguer, but he's only about 20... Well, he's turning 25 on February 4th, so he's pretty young. Fifth-round pick of the Stars in 2006, getting his first uh, NHL point ever, ever, ever in his third game as a Minnesota Wild player and first game and third game as an NHL player in general. There, got it like that, he managed to get an assist Warren Peters, a goal Warren Peters, hey yeah, he's been a kind of a factor in the little time he's gotten to play, he's turning 30 this year already, an undrafted guy out of uh, Saskatoon <laughs> Saskatchewan, got it like that he's kind of a semi-veteran of hockey, not really of the NHL but of hockey, he also played with the Dallas Stars, well he actually did play with them He's only got three points in 21 games. He's uh, yeah, He's been with the Wild for quite a while, yet he managed to get uh, a goal last night. Got it like that. We'll take it <laughs> along the way. Fun times. Um, but it's like, yeah, that was actually his first goal of the year. Yeah, I mean, to think that Warren Peters has been on the team as long as he has. 21, you know, it's like, yeah, he has been here, but, like, did you really notice? No. No. Uh, a guy who was another kind of a uh, well, he was a first-round bust from Pittsburgh. Nick Johnson's actually been solid with the Wild, but really in the main frame of things, is Nick Johnson the kind of guy you really look at and say, "Well, there you go, that's a big addition." It's like, yeah, he's he's a bonus versus being absolutely nothing, but you know, which is what he's been so far in his career. But he, at best, he's a third or fourth liner in the league. At absolute best, probably a fourth liner on like a legitimate playoff team. It's just like these are the only guys really doing anything right now. These are the guys showing up in the box scores and in the and in everything. It's like Warren Peters, Nick Johnson, uh, David McIntyre. It's like, well, what the heck you know justin Falk who's he's okay, but he's not somebody I really get all excited about. It's just you look at this team, and like I said earlier, you know there's kind of a reason why we're not doing well and and yeah, the injuries obviously the injuries, but other guys like Heatley, Koivu, uh, Setaguchi, who's back, are not really producing the way they're supposed to produce, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Koivu is doing about what he's going to do, but still, it's like a lot of people see him as this franchise-type player, and he absolutely is not. Uh, Devin Setaguchi, who I wasn't all that excited about getting. In fact, I saw him as like the third piece of that Brent Burns trade. If I think it's more about the draft pick and the uh, the first round draft pick and the, and the big time prospect that the Wild ended up getting. The Zach Phillips and the uh, the big one was uh, Charlie Coyle. I think those two are the real pieces in that trade. <laughs> just, just on potential alone. I mean, Devin Setaguchi so far is being outscored by Nick Flippin' Johnson for the year. I mean, what does that tell you? Seriously. <laughs> and yeah, Nick Johnson's played nine more games but Still, just just looking at that is kind of lame. It's kind of lame for a guy who's supposed to be this 25-30 goal scorer. I'm not impressed. And I don't think many people are. I don't think many people are. He's fast and all that stuff, but the puck's not going in the net. Plain and simple. Same thing with Danny Heatley. Puck's not going in the net. He's productive, but he's not great. No, he's not. He's just not. And I'm sorry for piling on and being negative, guys out there, guys and gals, I hope there's some girls listening just for the sake of uh, you know, hey it's nice to know if I'm (laughs) a good enough voice for both sides, both genders to listen to the show, I hope that's a possibility but uh, again I don't like to be negative and, and pile on, but this is just ridiculous this season yet, you know, to be positive, last night was a fun game, the Wild got the job done but they did give up a two-goal lead. Yes, they did. On back-to-back goals within a couple of seconds, Logan Couture and Patrick Marleau, Patrick Morleau. Now that's a first line with Joe, those short, Joe Thornton and Joe Pawlowski. The, those guys, Pawlowski, pa- 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 excuse me, that's a pretty good fir- uh, first line over there in San Jose. They tied the game up. You know, what if the Wild lost the game? <laughs> you know, they almost did. Doggone it, they almost did. They had a 4-2 lead with six minutes left. Finish the damn game. Just finish the damn game. But it didn't. Get, but it didn't happen that way. I mean, thank God the Wild were able to, to to get it done in the shootout. And the good news is, boy, did they ever. I mean, it was just like bada bing, bada boom. Matt Cullen scores. Michael Hanser stopped. Mika Koivu scores. Brian Close stopped. Okay, it's over. Let's go home. <laughs> and, hey, thank God for that. I mean, there isn't a soul in Wild Nation, Minnesota Wild Nation, or whatever you want to call us, complaining about that. I mean, thank God in heaven that, the, that our Minnesota Wild were able to come out of a shootout unscathed. I mean, unscathed. That's the, that's the quickest shootout ending you're going to ever have. Goal stop, goal stop. Bye-bye. It's like, bye-bye, let's go home. <laughs> and... Yep, like I said, no one's complaining. Thank God. Let's hope let's hope that I can pass on some luck this time instead of nothing but absolutely bad luck. So before we go to break, we're going to look at the uh, upcoming schedule. Oh, goody. Uh, we'll look at the standings a little bit, too, to kind of scope out the situation. Yeah, you know, just to kind of discuss the situation right now going in. Schedule does not get easier, folks. Oh no, does the schedule not get easier? Gee, do you think it's going to be a little bit hard? As we can kind of merge the standings and the schedule together here. Yeah, it's going to be a little tough. Let's see. The Wild go to Chicago tomorrow night, Thursday, the 12th of January. They go to Chicago, who has 55 points and the number one seed in the Western Conference, which is crazy because the Wild still are within five points. It does show it's kind of close. Actually, they're not the number one seed anymore, but they're, yeah, Vancouver is now with 57. But you get the idea. There's kind of a log jam up there with Chicago and St. Louis. Yeah, they're tied with 55 points apiece in the uh, Central Division, which is going to stay the Central Division next year. That's right. Wild will not be joining Chicago, St. Louis, Detroit, and, and Winnipeg and such in a rivalry heaven. Unfortunately, no, that is not going to happen just yet. But, uh, yeah, Wild head to Chicago. That is not going to be easy. I mean, the Wild win that game, that could that could really catapult the uh, confidence of this hockey club. I mean, a win last night could, could do that as well, because they beat a legit team here, not just the crappy Oilers. They actually beat a good team this time. I mean, you talk about a team that's been on a, on a tailspin since after a strong start. <laughs> Edmonton's worse than us that way. <laughs> like, they're dead. Deader than a hammer. So, beating San Jose is an impressive thing. But even Todd Richards beat San Jose a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, heading to Chicago and then to St. Louis Saturday, the, the uh, 14th. Schedule's not looking easy, folks. And then another road game in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which has 54 points. They're the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Ay-yi-yi. I mean, you look at this upcoming schedule, it's pretty scary. Then we head to Toronto. You got, you got a four-game road trip, folks, so... Glad we got the win, but now a four-game road trip against some pretty dangerous foes. Toronto also a playoff team in the Eastern Conference as of today, as of this point, point in time, the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. So all playoff-caliber teams the Wild have to play on the road against. You, you come out of that with a split, you're feeling awfully good. You're feeling awful good, and I don't think anybody's going to be predicting a split for the Wild coming out of here. Um, I would be surprised if the Wild did come out with a win out of one of those, possibly Toronto just because it's not necessarily because Toronto stinks but I mean I got a good feeling, I mean the Wild seem to play good against <laughs> those Eastern Conference teams, they do they just have a good history against them for whatever reason, especially on the road we just tend to, we just sometimes beat those those Buffaloes and, and such the the Buffaloes, the Bostons here and there and then the Pittsburghs on occasion not necessarily on the road, but I mean, I think the Wild could come out with at least one win out of these four <laughs> and maybe just maybe we pull up one out against Colorado, or excuse me, Chicago or St. Louis I'm not going to pick it, but I'll say they can, I'll just say that, <laughs> I mean, you can't get too confident, even though beating the Sharks is a fairly decent feat it's, uh, yeah it's a long, long, long road to recovery for this team Uh, psychologically at this point in time, it's been a disaster the past month, an absolute disaster yes it has, the Wild finally would come home to play the Dallas Stars on the 21st, I think we'll have a new show by then, hopefully, we'll see episode number 54 at that point, yep, and then they head to Colorado on the 24th, and a a huge, huge break, I don't know if that's the all-star break, I don't think so, and then Nashville just a big break. Nashville on the final day of January the 31st, a whole week later, a home game for the Wild. So there's going to be some practice time for this team. These guys maybe can get their mental psyche back where it needs to be and to start winning games. And maybe uh, Guillaume Lattendress will finally be healthy. Hopefully, a miracle can happen and we'll see Pierre Marc Bouchard skating with the Minnesota Wild sooner than later. We're going to talk about Pierre Marc Bouchard after the break, and of course, the NHL realignment, and we'll wrap things up with the traditional Houston Oilers checkup. Houston Oilers. Houston Arrows checkup. We will be back right after this. Here on Brave the Wild, episode number 53, which is a reminder for iPod users and other MP3 players like the Microsoft Zoom and such. Thank you again for joining me here on Brave the Wild. Now it's time to talk about Pierre-Marc Bouchard, NHL realignment, and of course closing with the Houston Arrows checkup, the traditional Houston Arrows checkup for the Mm -hmm. (laughs) Minnesota Wild Farm System, or lack thereof still to this date. But, uh, yeah, a couple of brief stories here. The first one bigger than the other, much bigger. Pierre-Marc Bouchard. Well, we're going to cite the, uh, the Pioneer Press, at least for the quotes here. The headline says, a Minnesota Wilds, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, quote, I'm positive I can come back, end quote. Yeah, because Pierre-Marc Bouchard uh, has concussion sym- uh, symptoms again, and that's extremely sad. Yes, it is. Bouchard saying he's not worried his career is in jeopardy. I'm positive I can come back, he said Wednesday during his first meeting with the media since being placed on injured reserve. Yeah, the, the cursed IR. That's bad news. The only bad thing about a concussion is you don't know how much time it's going to take. Yeah, Bouchard missed 104 games over parts of three seasons before returning regularly to the Minnesota lineup in December the 1st, 2010. And that was fantastic when he did come back because he was a factor the rest of the season last year. Bouchard continues I've been through it, I know my body, I know my symptoms, hopefully this can heal quicker than last time, and yeah, that was a lot of missed time by Butch, who almost never got hurt before this, very sad, it says, there. I mean, there are even times he couldn't even watch tele. he couldn't drive or even watch television, it got so bad, now he can, so that's good, he says, could be a good sign, but I still have headaches, so it's not good, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Bouchard, they go into his statistics uh, that he also uh, he ranked second in the Wild on the Wild for career assists. 229 in 522 games, trailing only Koivu. Miko Koivu, that is, with 245 in 472 games. Yeah. He holds the team record of 50 assists in one season. You got it like that. Um... Well, it it comes to, like, December the 13th is when things started, apparently. Yeah, think about that, ladies and gentlemen. December the 13th. Ouch, yep. That was that fateful night when the wild headed to Winnipeg. Uh Uh-huh. Remember December the 13th? Ooh, that's pretty scary when you think about that. You look back at the schedule. That's when everything started. That's when it went, yep. See, that's, see, I mean, I knew it by heart because it's like, The Wild are on this influential run. Best team in hockey. (laughs) I come on the air and talk about the best team in the NHL, and so is everybody else. It's not just me, James, and them. It's everybody else. Though I maybe call them the full-blown best team in the NHL. And then Winnipeg. The loss at Winnipeg, which caused the chain reaction, which put the Wild spiraling into this ridiculous run of absolute garbage. The overtime loss against Chicago was extremely painful as well, and then losing to the hapless New York Islanders shut out by Vancouver, and then Calgary getting beat them and crushed by Edmonton and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm talking too much there about those, but it caused a huge spiral of some horrible hockey for the Wild. Think about it. I mean, you travel to Winnipeg, a clear non-playoff team at this point in time. Um, you know, welcome back to the NHL, by the way, Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's good that they're back, but still, they shouldn't have beat the Wild. Road game or not, the Wild should have won that hockey game. But not only did that cause the chain reaction of the horrible team, but to think, it all started December 13th. And this is what Bouchard says, it all started in Winnipeg on that Zach Bogosian hit when my face, when I hit my face into the boards. I had a couple of headaches after that, but I felt decent enough to play. Yep, Bogosian received a major penalty in a game misconduct. Bouchard suffered a broken nose. And a headache. So he missed about a week, missing only two games. Came back in December with goals and <laughs> four of his last six games. He actually played pretty good. I mean, how about that? But he got hit. But he says, I got hit again in November, elbow to my chin, and I started to have pressure to the head. My eyes were getting tired really quickly, fatigue and headaches the next morning. I didn't feel myself. I knew something was wrong. Mm mm mm. Yeah, I mean, it got worse when they sat out the game and uh, sat out the game on just January 7th against Calgary. And then the diagnosis was confirmed not long after that. The, and uh, Boussard's uh, saying concussions are unavoidable in hockey. He says it's a fast game. It's a physical sport. It always has been. I think it's going to be like this forever. It's part of the game. His immediate plans overall, he's going to rest. Uh, and by the way, Matthew Hackett has been called up. Matt Hackett has been called up to help the Wild in case Josh Harding wasn't available, so Matt Hackett was called up, but uh, luckily Josh Harding was available, and started, and all that good stuff, so we'll see how things go here, it's gonna be a <sighs> it's it's sad to see this happen to Bouchard though I mean, he missed so much time, I mean, he was so durable before the concussion the, the original, the really bad one he was so durable, and now another one, and, and that's too bad, and to think how it happened on that exact night that's a little creepy, isn't it? It happened on the exact night. I mean, it's like the Wild Sportsians went from fantastic to flipping horrible in a matter of hours. And it it sucks. It's sad, and it sucks. And no, Bouchard is not the most viable player on the team. In fact, 22 points in 37 games is not going to make anybody, like, forget about Wayne Gretzky, uh, (laughs) you know, Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby, Yari Curry, or anybody else. It's just, you know, still frustrating, frustrating to see him go down again, because he is a valuable piece, and uh, somebody I've always, always really liked as a member of this team. He's been here from, he's been here for an awful long time, despite the fact he's still under 30, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, he's still under 30, yet he's been here about 10 years already, amazing, amazing. So now we'll change the subject to the NHL realignment plan or lack thereof now because the uh, last Friday it was announced that they're not going to be able to go ahead with it. The Players Association won't agree to the new format. Um, the biggest problem was, yeah, see this was all agreed to on uh, back in December in a 26-4 the NHL Board of Governors got that done. Some of the stuff I'm getting here is from Pioneer Press. It's uh or Pioneer Press, no, this is USA Today, excuse me, but it's more or less that, uh, well, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly issued the following statement, it's unfortunate that the NHLPA was unreasonably, I mean, has unreasonably refused to approve a plan that an overwhelming majority of our clubs voted to support, and that has received such widespread support from our fans and other members, (laughs) including players, We have now spent the better part of four weeks attempting to satisfy the NHLPA's purported concerns with the plan with no success because we have already been forced to delay and as a result we are already late in beginning the process of preparing next season's schedule. We have no choice but to abandon our intention to implement the realignment plan and modified playoff format for next season. We believe the union acted unreasonably in violation of the league's rights. We intend to evaluate all our available legal options and pursue adequate remedies as appropriate. Oh, oh. Isn't that fun to listen to that kind of stuff? Boy, it sounds an awful lot like David Stern and Billy Hunter. You know, NBA commissioner, and NBA PA uh, president or whatever, representative, whatever he was, union president, union leader, uh, or union chairman, there we go. It's just like, here we go again. Mm. Yeah, because, ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, well, not all of you, but most of you know, the CBA, the NHL Collective Bargaining Agreement, is up. Yes, so before a free agency can start coming in the summer, they're going to have to have agreed upon a, a new CBA before that. And, uh, well, uh, the war has begun already. Yes, it has. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. And the best part, though, that the N H well the N H L is using uh, you know P R tactics right here. That's great. We're happy for them. Not everybody's buying into it. Um, and it's like, yeah, the realignment was a. Uh, it's a fun idea. It Makes fans excited to think that we're going to have our old rivals back, and it's going to be less travel for our team, and a lot of things. It's going to make things a lot easier and a lot better fit and all that stuff. Like pieces of the puzzle. Oh, but look at these NHL guys—they're so evil. They're stopping it. Oh, those jackasses! Because see, see, look what they're trying to do—they're taking away your fun, guys. That's kind of what the NHL's saying right now. And yeah, okay. The word, but the biggest mistake I think the NHL did here, and what other people also say as well—Doug McLean and, and uh, Lou Nanny and others well, why didn't they uh, have a proper playoff format? Why didn't they have any type of playoff format to go along with the realignment? Because what was the question I was asking on recent shows? I have no idea what the uh, <laughs> what the playoff format's going to be in, in that type of situation. I have no idea. Is it divisionals? Is it conferences? They kept calling it conferences. Like, what the hell are they going to do? How are they going to set it up? I don't get it. No idea. Uh Somebody fill me in on that because I was never informed on it, and I don't think many people were. In fact, I don't think anybody really was, to be honest. If I'm completely mistaken, I deeply apologize, but I would have, I would think I would have seen it by now, like in several places in my searches. Yeah, I didn't find it. I don't think it's really been made available yet. They're, they were discussing it probably still. They just released the, uh, divisions or conferences or, or or leagues or whatever the heck you want to call them without really showing any type of plan for postseason, which is kind of bizarre. So it didn't make them look good either. No, it doesn't. So with that, we're going to move on to the final, final topic. The Houston Arrows checkup. The vaunted Houston Arrows checkup. And there ain't that much to get too excited about as usual. Casey Wellman was playing very strong. In, in only 20 games, he had about as many points with 19 he was doing well before getting called up. Very understandable that the Wild would want him back in the NHL roster. The guy clearly uh, playing some strong hockey. Cody Allman still not doing too much down there. Not blowing anyone's socks off really at all. And uh, having trouble staying healthy as well. He's healthy now, but he missed about half the season or more, more than half the season so far. So that's definitely a frustration with him. A guy that just cannot stay healthy. Really nobody, uh, I mean, yeah, you look at Warren Peters, he really even didn't do much. No, only seven goals, four assists in 20 games. He didn't even do much in the uh, the AHL. It, it just shows you that most of these guys, not really much of a factor long-term for any type of organization. Nate Pross here is actually doing less in the uh, AHL than he, is, than he was in the NHL, which is quite strange to see Tyler Kuma in 36 games, he has a mere four assists. That's it. That's it. Uh, another guy who debuted his first game with the Houston Arrows this year who was sent down by the Minnesota Wild. I was about to get to this. It's about time I did. Marco Scandella. That's a pretty significant story, quite frankly. <laughs> a guy who was looked on as the number one defenseman of the Wild earlier in the season. has uh, His play has dropped off so much the past several weeks that they said enough's enough, we got to send him down to the AHL to kind of hone his skills a bit, because he's just not playing well, period. And uh, he debuted, he's played one game now with the Houston Aeros. did not score in the game in any form, did not score or assist in the game, but it's like, man, <laughs> how far Marco Scandell has fallen. So there is at least one massive pro- prospect that skates, that skates, a skater, in the AHL right now for the Minnesota Wild and that's Marco Scandella and it's for the wrong reasons it's not because we brought somebody over here from Europe or from Canada or whatever and they're ready to rock and roll get their skills honed a little bit in the AHL and on their way to the NHL they come no <laughs> no Marco Scandella was set down for poor play and the fact of uh, well you're not going to just start scratching him from games get him out there on the ice and help him get better in the AHL level well, we'll see what happens for number six, Margot Scandella. That's a that's a huge uh, that's that's a uh, that's very alarming to me as a Wild fan as well. Right there to see Margot Scandella drop off as much as he did. Hopefully, he can get it get it right sooner rather than later. Really, the number one uh, guy for <laughs> the Wild, really in the uh, farm system, is Matt Hackett. He continues to play pretty well. Hmm overall. Of course, he was called up to the wild for for the time being. He's going to kind of be up and down, I think, because he's obviously a really good goalie. I mean, like, really good. 13-6 and record. Um, Darcy Comfort is also doing okay, but he, I don't know if he's just a minor leaguer or what the deal is. He's actually considered a rookie <laughs> in the HL Senators, We'll see how that turns out. But, um, yeah, Matt Hackett continuing to play about as well as uh, Nicholas Backstrom and Josh Harding were earlier in the year continuing to dominate in the AHL, i got to think the Wild should be primed to trade Nicholas Backstrom. I mean, it's not like we're going to the Stanley Cup Finals right now at this point in time, and it's not like Nicholas Backstrom is that much better than Josh Harding or Matt Hackett at this point in time. You've got to go the cheaper route and the younger route, and you can possibly get significant prospects or, or even a warm, ready body, an HL body in return for Nicholas Backstrom. I mean, I am all for uh, exploring what you can get for Nicholas Backstrom. I mean, not saying get him the hell out of here because he's done a wonderful thing. He's got a great attitude. He's a perfect guy in the locker room and on the ice. I mean, he 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 is awesome, Nicholas Backstrom in every way. He's a great goalie. He's he, he's a he's a really cool guy. Just awesome guy. I mean, how I mean I, I mean everybody loves him. But you gotta explore the the possibilities of what you could get in return for him, because his salary is awfully high, and you need to get a skater uh, to, uh, to to lead the front line, because Danny Healy ain't that guy, Devin Seriguchi ain't that guy, Latin Dress is hurt about as much as he dresses, <laughs> yeah, oh, he's just hurt all the time. Bouchard, um, unfortunately, he's in trouble, he's damaged goods right now until, you know, until something changes, he's damaged goods. And, uh, well, all the other youngsters, the young studs that are supposed to come up here and kick butt, well, they haven't done it yet. They're not here yet. And who's to say they will be good? Who's to say? Granlund is the biggest guarantee at this point in time, but he's not a scorer. He is a playmaker. Yeah, he's kind of like a better Koivu, supposedly. So let's get, uh, hopefully we can get a Parise type or some other type of full-blown score in return for Nicholas Backstrom, or just more prospects, so hopefully you can have more chips on the table, you know, when it's time to try to see which one of these youngsters or how many of these youngsters can go on to be stars in this league, or at least very good players. Maybe one or two of them can be a star, and maybe one or two of the guys you get in return for Nicholas Backstrom can be a legitimate, a full-blown, first- or second-line guys. That would be terrific. Or you can get a doggone defenseman as well, which is the defense, the blue line for the Minnesota Wild is looking about as bad as it's ever been in the history of the franchise. And I'm saying that with full sincerity. This is the worst blue line they have ever had. <laughs> I'm dead serious, folks. There's no Willie Mitchell, no Brad Bombardier of any kind in any place and within miles of the XL Hunter G Center. I'm telling you. <laughs> and the Wild had those guys in their inaugural season when they were pretty pretty, pretty thin, pretty bad team, quite honestly. Great attitude, but a bad team skill-wise. But this blue line is invisible. So <laughs> hopefully, I mean, the only positive note I can end with, we have a winning record. We would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. So if we can try to parallel ourselves with the other teams, we'd still be in. So I hope for the sake of our for the sake of the team and all that we can do that. Let's just hope for the best there. That's all I can say. So with that, I'm going to conclude things. We are going to move on to the contact details. Brave the Wild is mentioned available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. We do have a message board. I'd appreciate it if you would go to it and uh, click on the button that says TSS Boards. Then register. You can talk hockey with other members of the sports into the, the forums. That would be terrific. Do sign up or do talk hockey on those forums. Also, uh, Twitter.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Twitter.com forward slash Brave the Wild. It is a Twitter account, of course. Do give it a follow. I like to tweet during games here and there. It'd be cool. Maybe you can interact with me. It would be nice. There is a Facebook page. Simply type in Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild. Basically, you'll be able to find it. It should say company underneath it or something like that. It is a page. Go to it. Click on it. Comment as much as you like. Would be also terrific. And don't forget that there is a phone line. 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. To your statement, shout out, comment, question, whatever it is, join me here on the airwaves. It would be Wonderful. I've been waiting for you guys out there to do that for quite a long time. Yep. Just record Yep. Your message will be, obviously it's recorded, you know. And then all I do is put it on the show. It's not that hard. Don't be uncomfortable. It's not like it's live or anything. You'll, you'll, you should be fine. So it's always be great to hear from you. That's all I gotta say. Thanks for listening, guys. Let's hope that this team can pull off some nice road victories here and to get this season back on track once and for all. Until next, until next show, episode number 54, which I hope will be a more positive one, we'll bid adieu. Take care, everybody.